Please, thank you. Member Catalano? Here. Member Cunningham-Denning? Absent. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Here. Member Friedenbach? Here. Chair Williams? Absent. You do not have quorum at this time. Would you like to move forward with the informational meeting? Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, um, so we'll go to the land acknowledgement. Um, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Romaitush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Romaitush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all the peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Romaitush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Um, are we, sorry, I don't know what's next. Thank Voted. you, Vice Chair. At this point, uh, we do not have enough members to vote, so we'll move oh, on okay. to item number two. Okay. Um, so discussion, possible action items. So presentation of the mayor's proposed budget and the proposed ordinance to temporarily adjust OCO service area appropriation thresholds to authorize the spending plan. So I think we have a presentation now by Gigi Whitley. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon, members of the OCO Oversight Committee, members of the public. I'm Gigi Whitley. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the Deputy Director for Administration and Finance for the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, and I'll be sharing with you um, some uh, updates from the Mayor's proposed budget as it relates to the Our City, Our Home fund spending, um, as well as uh, trailing legislation introduced in the budget. So first, just to, um, a, by briefly uh, introducing this topic, um, the city in close partnership with um, community and people with lived experience just released its five-year strategic plan goals. Um, those goals are listed here and really focus on reducing homelessness overall as well as a 50% reduction in unsheltered homelessness, um, center um, racial equity, by reducing inequities, increasing exits to homelessness, supporting housing success and housing stabilization, and then preventing homelessness. And so both the HSH budget and this proposal um, makes efforts to achieve those five-year goals. The next slide shows you um, the additional investments that the plan models to be able to to achieve those reductions in homelessness over the five-year period. It calls for a, a significant expansion in prevention services, um, 43,000 additional households to be served over the five years, 1,075 new shelter beds, and 3,250 new permanent housing slots. This is on top of everything currently um, opened uh, both at HSH and on, coming online through the Mayor's Office of Housing's Affordable Housing Pipeline. So with that 
background, um, the mayor, um, the mayor's office and her team have made um, pretty significant changes to what the department brought to you back in April and have proposed an updated two-year spending plan along with trailing legislation. Some key points, and this is really an outline of my presentation today, um, the plan um, funds all currently funded OCO programs to continue on pace. It supports um, the new investments that I heard from this committee um, within the base of the plan. It uses uh, one-time reallocation to start funding 55% um, of the shelter goals, uh, excuse me, the housing goals, 34% of the prevention goals to achieve a reduction in homelessness overall. It remains closely aligned with the original OCO statutory allocations while providing the department flexibility needed to address other unmet community needs, including those for youth and families in our shelter, shelter and prevention systems, and continues to expand programming um, for housing, including housing dedicated for transitional age youth and families. And what you, what you aren't seeing much of in this presentation is HSH's overall two-year budget, which I'm very pleased to say that in a very challenging budget cycle, there are no cuts to our, our HSH budget. There's actually expansion, including expansion serving youth and families, um, both um, prevention, shelter, and housing. So as, as this committee well knows, um, the homelessness gross receipts tax ordinance passed by the voters does include a provision that allows the Board of Supervisors to amend this article by ordinance by a two-thirds vote, um, but only to further the findings and intent as set forth in the homelessness gross receipts tax ordinance. And the allocation um, in this slide shows um, the allocation that's listed in that ordinance. And I won't walk you through all of that. I know you're very familiar that at least 50% of the funds go to or allocated toward housing. There's a 10% cap on the fund annually for shelter and hygiene, a 15% cap on prevention, and then a 25% minimum um, for mental health services. So in the mayor's proposed two-year budget and trailing legislation, it does a couple of things. It proposes a one-time reallocation of either unspent or unprogrammed where projects haven't been identified of OCO revenue to address some of the most urgent and unmet needs in a challenging budget cycle that continues to make progress towards those five-year citywide goals. It does call for suspending the 12% cap for two years. This is a cap on short-term rental subsidies. Those are subsidies that are less than five years to be able to achieve a significant ramp up in rapid rehousing as called for in the strategic plan. Next year, in fiscal year 23-24, which starts July 1st, it would reallocate 20.6 million in OCO revenue to serve general housing, prevention for all populations, and shelter services, rather than exclusively in those youth and family housing categories. Uh, in fiscal year 24-25, the revenue adheres to the statutory percentages. There's no change in the revenue reallocation. And um, it recognizes that the department and the city have gotten um, sort of unprecedented funds from the state and reappropriates savings that were budgeted in the OCO fund for youth and housing uh, to those other categories, general housing, prevention, and shelter. 
And so the next slide just shows you um, in a very detailed chart what the what the ordinance would do to that revenue allocation. So another update since we were before you in May is that on, excuse me, in April, in, on May 10th, the controller's office updated the revenue projections for the two-year budget. And um, there was an additional $8 million reduction in each year of the budget, both the current year, the budget year, and fiscal year 24-25. HSH share of that um, over the two-year proposed budget was $12 million or $6 million a year. And so you'll notice that these revenue numbers don't exactly match what we brought to you in April and reflect that um, $12 million reduction allocated um, proportionally. Um, in the first year of the budget, revenue is reallocated from um, TAY and family housing categories to general housing, overall prevention and shelter, and you see the percentages there. Um, and then in the second year of the budget, as I mentioned, it goes back to the statutory allocation. Um, the next slide shows you a view of how this plan looks within the budget. So the first line of the chart um, shows you sources and then below uses just by category. And so there's 291.3 um, business tax revenue appropriated for HSH in mental health. Um, this does not include the, the admin funds. Um, in the first year of the budget, and then in the second year of the budget, 295.4 million in revenue, and then that comes in the additional reappropriation of 39.4 million in the second year of the budget. Um, what will happen technically is that that 39.4 million, if this proposal were to pass, would be um, deappropriated in the current year in the financial system, but then reappropriated in the second year of the budget. And so then on the uses categories, that shows you on a, on a dollar for dollar level um, where all of that money is going um, in housing and prevention, shelter, and then mental health. There are no changes to the mental health um, allocation. Um, the next slide goes into a little more detail about where that reallocated revenue and fund balance is going for a total of 60 million over the two-year budget and what it aims to accomplish. In the general housing category, it would fund 350 additional slots of adult rapid rehousing um, as part of a ramp up to 350 slots in the second year of the budget, 3.4 million in the first year going up to 10.6 in the second year. It would also, in the second year of the budget, um, fund a new 75-unit, um, either master lease, uh, this would not be enough for an acquisition, but to lease a new adult permanent housing site and provide um, operations and um, support services for 75 adults or couples. Uh, the second piece here is um, really around um, expanding prevention in a time where we know households um, are in need of this service, as well as um, we're having a lot of success with our prevention providers being able to get those dollars out the door. So there's an additional 750 slots of homelessness prevention. That would be emergency rental assistance, um, funded at 8.1 million in each year of the budget. 
Um, the second line is a recognition of what we've been hearing from the community about Latinx youth and Latinx homelessness and provides additional problem solving slots for 75 youth as well as staffing at our mission access points. And then there's another $2 million in the second year of the budget and we talked about that a little bit about the weakness in the second year of the budget around our prevention funding. Um, with this additional revenue news, we, we are using some of this one-time money to continue to provide services at the existing level for um, all of our prevention services, as well as add um, those additional prevention and problem-solving slots. And then finally, um, uh, 8.14 million in the first year of the budget, ramping up to 13.4 million in the second, is funding a variety of shelter inter interventions. Some of those are new beds. Uh, some of those are expanded services. And so in the first year of the budget, that would fund operations for what we expect to be a cabin site in District 10. Um, in the base plan, you may remember, we had put in money for construction and to continue services um, at, at least through December uh, at Pier 94, but we need to find a replacement site in that district for shelter services, and this would, find the, this would fund the operating for those beds. Uh, we don't have a specific bed count. We would need to have a fit test done for the site we're looking at, but we've estimated at a minimum it would be 60 cabins. Um, the second line is really trying to expand upon a new pilot program with the Office of Financial Empowerment, uh, vehicular assistance program at 150,000 a year. And this is really trying to as assist um, people experiencing homelessness that may need um, their vehicle repaired to get back to work, or they want to potentially um, swap out their vehicle, have a vehicle buyback program. So more to come on that, but that's sort of the pilot we're looking at with the Office of Financial Empowerment. Um, this reallocation plan also would expand hours at Buena Vista Horace Mann Family Shelter. This is a shelter based at a school site, but does not operate when school is closed. And this would be the resources for at least 150 plus days when school's closed to be able to keep that shelter open for families. It would also expand hours um, on the next line for Hospitality House, which is an adult shelter to 24 seven and it would secure funding on the next line for um, 60 cabins in the Mission District. Last year in the budget, there was uh, general fund dollars appropriated to build out that site, um, but we do not have operating funds identified, and so this was part of the department's budget request that is um, the mayor's office has funded through this reallocation plan. Um, the next slide, I wanted to just mention um, how the mayor's office proposal incorporated the committee's request that I heard. Um, in the, the first section, um, we, we understood that our proposal to allocate one-time funds for women um, through a rapid rehousing model was problematic. And so those funds have been reprogrammed to be permanent flexible housing pool subsidies to serve women experiencing homelessness, excuse me. And then um, it's um, those subsidies will be ongoing in future years of the budget at a $2 million per year uh, funding level. Um, 
the Tay Housing um, continues to fund now three new Tay Housing sites, including um, a the committee's desire to see more of a bridge housing model. So there's um, 10 million in the budget for additional Tay housing acquisition funds. We expect at least six of the funds we already have now that we're spending down or those future funds could be used to purchase a dedicated Tay bridge housing site to model that program. We've also moved up the operating dollars for a bridge housing site to both years of the budget. The plan we proposed to you in April only had that in the second year of the budget. And as I mentioned, um, the department is still spending down um, a balance of 66 million in its Tay housing acquisition funds. And we're moving forward with the purchase of two new sites. One site is 42 units at 1176 um, Folsom Street. Uh, we are applying for state home key dollars to both help with the acquisition cost and short-term operating funds. And then um, we are very close to announcing a second site that we hope to be able to announce soon. One of those sites will be dedicated to serve transgender youth exiting homelessness in a culturally competent, supportive way. Um, the other Funding request that was incorporated on the family housing um, category was a request for a new shallow subsidy program or an expansion to that existing program. So um, this budget now includes an additional 1.5 million a year um, for 60 new slots of family shallow subsidy programming. And then on the shelter bu budget, um, We've, uh, the mayor's office has added $50,000 in the first year of the budget to augment 1.2 million. That is rolling out the door over the next two years to add an additional um, 10 emergency hotel vouchers for family need, families needing emergency shelter um, outside the two-year budget period, but on an ongoing basis. For planning purposes, we're assuming at least an ongoing investment of 600000 and then there is another change to the expenditure. Um, yes. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> um, and then the other change in the budget is that um, uh, not part of the legislative, legislative change, but other expenditure changes you may notice in um, these slides is that there was 3.9 million in eligible general fund housing costs in excess of what's required in the homelessness spending baseline that was established in fiscal year 2018 to the OCO funds. Um, the, this use of OCO funds is not supplanting any of the requirements of the city. Those funds are staying within HSHS budget to expand shelter bed capacity, at least an additional 332 beds um, within the homelessness response system. And this requires no legislative change to implement. Um, my final slide and then really the rest of the slides break all of this out in detail and you have that in your packet is um, really to help provide some context for um, you know, why this 
why the mayor made some of these decisions around the funding reallocation. And as you've heard me talk about in other presentations, we've leveraged an unprecedented amount of state and federal resources for young adults and families over the last year and a half. Many of those funding, many of those funds were assumed to come out of the OCO budget in our prior appropriations, and that has freed up funds that we think on a one-time basis can be rolled out to um, other you know, urgent needs in the community. Um, and so 70 million in family permanent housing leveraged from HomeKey, as well as 23.8 million from um, the state in youth HomeKey awards. Uh, we've partnered with the San Francisco Housing Authority to include 50 federal, federally funded project-based vouchers at City Gardens. That's our new family housing site. And that's enabled us to reduce the impact on the OCO budget by 2.3 million annually. We've been successful in leveraging, um, not only leveraging federal emergency housing vouchers, but making sure those are really um, targeted to families and young adults in our community, especially in um, District uh, 10. And we've leveraged four rounds of state homeless housing and assistant prevention grant funding from the state, which includes the 7% set aside for Tay. And those funds have really been critical in having us build out and operate the Lower Polk Tay Navigation Center, um, opening the Artmore, which is our one of our Tay PSH sites for 60 youth. And uh, in this budget, we are proposing a new Tay 24 seven uh, drop-in center for youth that would be funded through these sources. So I won't run through the rest of the slides. You have them all here, and uh, they're available on the public website um, that break everything out in detail, and happy to answer any questions after public comment. Appreciate your attention. Thank you so much, Gigi, and um, for that presentation. And sorry to have to wrap it up. I just want to make sure we have time for public comment today and to to get to the end. So um, we'd like to open it up now to public comment. And we're going to start with in person or over the phone? That's correct. Members of the public wish to provide in-person public comment, please sign up to the podium now. Members of the public who wish to provide phone public comments, please call 415-655-0001. Enter access code 2593485528. Two, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. At this time, we'll take the first public comment in person. Dear Mayor and esteemed guests, my name is Anton, and I'm a young leader representing Larkin Street Youth Service. I arrived in San Francisco a year ago, fleeing from war and political persecution by the Russian authorities, alone, without money, acquaintances, and with limited English skills. I miraculously found myself in San Francisco. During my year in San Francisco, I personally went through the support system provided by Larkin Street. And I'm a living example of how a small assistance can change an entire life. Today, I want uh, to talk about why it's important for the government to invest more in transitional housing instead for just temporary shelters for the homeless. 
The issue of homeless is a big problem that needs serious action. While temporary shelters can provide a quick place to stay, they don't really solve the long-term problem of helping homeless people get back on their feet and become independent. Transitional housing is a better solution. It not only gives people a place to live, but also provides support like medical services, job training, and help finding work. This helps homeless individuals gain the skills they need to rebuild their lives and become self-sufficient again. Investing in transitional housing is also good for you, for our city's economy. When homeless individuals have stable housing, they can actively contribute to the workforce and feel better about themselves. This makes our society stronger and more prosperous. I know investing in transitional housing will cost more money, but in the long run, it's an investment in the future of our city and its people. Dear Mayor, I ask you to think about putting more resources into transitional housing. This will make a real difference in solving homelessness and creating a city where everyone has a chance to live with dignity. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I'm here to answer any questions you may have. Next public commenter, please, in person. Hi, committee. My name is Marnie Regan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm with Larkin Street Youth Services. I'm also the co-chair of HESPA and chair of the TASE subcommittee of HESPA. Um, we, on behalf of HESPA um, and the TASE subcommittee, we 100% oppose the reallocation of Prop C funds from the TAY and family allocations. Um, it is not a one-time reallocation. This is a permanent loss of funding. Um, after these funds are swept, they will be needed to sustain the new priorities, which primarily are in the adult system. And while we completely support shelter for adults, it shouldn't come at the expense of less housing for Tay and families. It also should not be heavily weighted in just shelter, um, where people will just languish without services. Um, we are seriously concerned with the um, reduction in housing for transitional age youth that this will result in. Um, we have done the math. Uh, it's a, it leaves us with about 150 youth, if we're lucky, who will be housed, and close to 1,000 on the streets, according to the pit count. Um, we're asking that this be looked at and questioned. Um, we, we are strongly asking that the board not approve this. Um, it will be devastating for youth and families um, and will reverse the steady decline that we have been making in youth homelessness. You look at the pit count, it has been steadily declining. And if, if this passes, we will see an increase. It's the bottom line. This is not an exaggeration. Um, on behalf of the TAPE providers, we're um, very afraid of what this could end up happening on the streets. Thanks. Good afternoon, committee members. My name is Charles Defarge, Director of Policy at ECS. Uh, I'm here to express our strong opposition to the mayor's proposed reallocation of our city, our home funds, away from Tay and family housing and towards shelter expansion and adult rapid rehousing. We do, of course, support um, adult prevention and housing. What we don't support is those programs coming at the cost of Tay and family housing. 
these allocations within the Prop C, they've been carefully planned over years of community process. You all know this better than anybody. So this reallocation, policy aside, is a subversion um, both of the voters' will and of a community process um, that has led to these allocations. So I appreciate you all taking your Friday afternoon, all of everybody in the room, really, um, and helping vote this down. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Lang from Homeless Prenatal Program. I'm also a member of Treatment on Demand Coalition and formerly chronically homeless voter of District 6. I do not trust the mayor's budget. I do not trust that the mayor's office has the best interest of the people accessing these resources. Personally, I do not support spending money on undignified living situations like cabins and congregate shelters um, and one-year-long subsidies. Uh, our city, our home, has spent a lot of time working on allocating every penny of the funds, and I think we should stick to the plan that we've all already decided on. Um, I do not support the mayor's proposal to adjust the funds. Um, please vote no and keep our families and youth safe. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon, members of the committee. Sherilyn Adams, uh, she, her pronouns, Larkin Street Youth Services, member of HESPA. I am also here to oppose the reallocation of the funding from Tay and families to, uh, to, to needed and important adult uh, services, but we need to sustain and maintain and grow the number of uh, beds that we have for young people and families. I think it's really critical to highlight Marnie's point, which is we've looked at like the no, this change, if it goes through, will mean that there's about 100 new beds added to the system and some problem, 75 problem solving. All of the beds in the TAE system, except for the shelter and now center, are two year or three year or indefinite time frames. People stay in permanent supportive housing, young people stay or stay in transitional for two years. So the churn is slow. It's not many, not much, right? So once those beds are filled, young people will have nowhere to go until somebody leaves a bed or leaves their unit, right? So it's very slow. And the rapid rehousing that we have, the allocation that's currently in the budget, uh, it relies on private funds to match. And those private funds are coming to a natural end as a part of a campaign. So those private funds will fund even less rapid rehousing than we have right now. So the number goes down and more young people stay outside, and we lose the incredible uh, progress we have made in reducing youth homelessness. So I really vote against this for both families and for Tay. Am I interested? Buenas tardes a todos. Mi nombre es Aurora González, director ejecutivo de organización El Porvenir. Nosotros estamos aquí para pedirle a la mayor que deje los fondos como están. Once again, my name is Aurora González, executive director of El Porvenir organization. We're here to ask the mayor to leave the funds as they are in proposition C. 
because we have a lot of families that are in need, and also the children that are outside, they need a place to stay while the parents are working in, in order to have the parents to improve uh, the economy and have more opportunities to stay in a permanent home. Um, uh, le estaba preguntando que es importante que guarden esto porque hay niños que necesitan también un lugar donde están mientras sus padres están trabajando. Es importante que nosotros estemos conscientes de esto. I also would like to say that I was homeless before and to have a shelter for a few months, it helps, it really helps, but not the way that you think. Because I stayed there for a little bit and I had to leave, and I become homeless again with my daughter. She was a little baby, and the place where I was uh, rented, it was a hotel, and they take me out of the hotel at midnight with my little baby. I was even harder. That's why I am here to ask, to beg to the mayor to think twice before they come and pass this uh, proposition. Thank you. Uh. Hola, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Yanni Liliana, apoyando a nosotros acá, nosotros mismos los latinos, porque la verdad que sí, los fondos deberían de quedarse acá para ayudar a nosotros las familias. Es porque estamos acá buscando una nueva oportunidad y pues así que hayan oportunidades para nosotros, familias latinas. Muchas gracias. El señor Luis es lenguaje de señas y vamos a intentar interpretar lo mejor que conozcamos. Él agradece su atención y él viene a hablar aquí para agradecerles eso, pero también a pedirles que los niños pequeños tienen y necesitan un lugar donde estar cuando los papás están trabajando. Y agradecería que lo piensen otra vez por los niños pequeños que lo necesitan y las familias también y los papás. Y él viene aquí a hablar por todas las familias para los niños también. Y que les agradecía que pongan atención en esto. Gracias. Buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Lucidia Reyes. Y pues yo soy salvadoreña y pues ustedes saben, venimos, bueno, yo como mamá soltera de mis tres hijos, vine huyendo en tiempos de pandilla y también por el papá de mis hijos tenía maltrato. No estoy aquí porque quiero, estoy aquí porque la situación me propusieron o yo muerta o uno de mis hijos. Entonces yo vengo a pedirles que por favor que si pueden ayudarlos en esto, que dejen los fondos donde están, que son para los niños. Yo como mamá soltera, hay muchos papás solteros, mamás solteras que los necesitamos, que por favor les pido si pueden dejar eso. Ah, yo he estado durmiendo en la calle, he estado en shelter, en albergues, entonces les pido por favor, como mamá soltera, que mis hijos todavía están pequeños, ellos tres, que por favor puedan ayudarlos, no puedo decirles más que gracias. Hi. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Miguel Carrera. I work in the Coalition on Homelessness. Um, 
I don't know. I am really sad. I am really angry. I don't know how I am at this point. The way the mayor trying to is to using our money, the money which is the families and the youth. I don't know what else we need to do to stop in the mayor to don't take it, don't rob our money. This money is for the families and the and the youth. And this money is already decide and allocate for the purpose that we decide already together. So it's going to subsidies and going to subsidies for youth, and we cannot tolerate the mayor to take this money. We wanna fight, we wanna continue to working together, we wanna unite all communities, and we wanna come together again and again and again to stop the mayor to don't take all money. Enough is enough. Thank you so much. I just, just wanted to mention, apologies that there's no translation, um, but the three of us um, do speak and understand Spanish. Entonces, yeah. Sí, por parte de la comisión, gracias por todos los que han dado comentarios en español y estamos entendiendo lo que nos has compartido, nos han compartido. Muchas gracias. Hi, everyone. My name is Jenea Jones. I'm the program manager for Five Keys Adult Rapper Rehousing Program, and I'm here to advocate for the youth side um, for, for Five Keys and my colleagues. Um, I just want you guys to know that growing up in San Francisco, born and raised in San Francisco, just watching poverty just um, increase over time is just devastating. And the fact that it can impact our youth, and it's going to impact our youth, is just, just devastating as well. Um, I want London Breed to know a yes vote on this budget proposal will increase um, homelessness for Tay and families now and, and increase adult chronic homelessness later. Last year, just one provider, Compass Family Services, supported more than 2,500 families needing and seeking housing support, housing and, housing support services and housing stabilization. Only 14% of the city's homeless housing units are families with children. On any given day in San Francisco, in San Francisco nearly 1,100 youth are experiencing homelessness, and more than half are African American. Nearly 1,000 new youth fall into homelessness each year. Raiding Tay housing funds will, will mean that only 15% of youth seek housing resources will receive them, leaving 850 youth out in the cold this year. So we just want London Breed to know that we want to say no on this vote. So is I just want want her to understand how this is going to be, impact our youth. And being that I'm a mother and I'm raising young children, I understand how devastating this is. So I want to say no on this vote. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Liz. I'm the budget intern at the Coalition of Homelessness. I just want to start by saying that Mayor Breed should care that she is robbing $60 million from families and youth because it's hard to believe that many families will be able to get through the difficult situations that they're dealing with to find housing. And we most recently met a family that was waiting 10 years for Section 8 and the mother passed away. And so she was approved and she was not able to get the housing because of the situation. but. 
there was a situation where the teenage daughter was able to get the housing. And so we want to share that, you know, families like myself that waited over 11 years for my housing on the wait list would like to share that taking $60 million from families and youth will make it a lot more difficult for the future youth to grow and have stability. So thank you. It's cold outside and babies need beds. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lange, and I'm here to say no, no to the mayor. Um, I work with CCDC and Coalition on Homelessness. I'm the subsidy organizer there, and I've seen how change to have a house for everybody in the city. And I'm here to ask Mayor Breed, please, to rethink um, about where she is relocating the money. So please don't take the money from Proposition, Proposition C. Um, and uh, yeah, and I hope she can like see where she's spending the money and maybe take it from other places. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. Happy Friday. Um, my name is Hope Kamer. She, her pronouns, co-chair of, I work at Compass Family Services. I'm the co-chair of the Family Subcommittee of HESPA. Taken together, my provider colleagues and I support over 8,000 homeless families in the city and are the public safety net. We strongly oppose the mayor's plan to reallocate funds away from homeless families and Tay in Proposition C. Um, last Friday, in the Homelessness and Behavioral Health Select Committee hearing, uh, Chair Supervisor Ronan shared, quote, we are thrilled to share that the wait list for family emergency shelter is at zero. This is patently untrue. There are 87 families on the emergency shelter wait list. I passed by many of them in our lobby on my walk to this meeting. The mayor's budget foments a dangerous, insidious narrative that because the homeless family population is harder to see, they do not exist. They do. These families exist. We are systematically under-equipped to support them. Please undo this. Thanks. Is it hot in here? Um, this is Sarah Short. I'm with HomeRise, and um, uh, we are permanent supportive housing providers. And we do Tay housing, we do family housing, we also do adult housing. And from that perspective, that's exactly why it feels really painful for us to have these uh, communities pitted against one another and the needs of, of homeless folks um, pitted against one another. Uh, we believe uh, we can serve all and we should serve all, but more so, we should prioritize based on urgent needs uh, and also who's sort of been getting uh, the resources uh, versus uh, where they've been sort of short shrifted. And that's what's happening here. We know that the Tay youth and the family uh, resources have been at much smaller percentages over time uh, than you know your, your standard adult housing. Um, and that's exactly why the, the very brilliant uh, committed folks on the OCO board um, designed the allocations in the way that they did, uh, and the folks that, that uh, designed Prop C, of course, um, that there was an understanding that that's where the need is. It was based on evidence. It was based on um, experience. It was based on um, the people they were uh, serving and providing uh, in their agencies. And um, the, um, the uh, idea that, um, you know, 
to hell with that, essentially, which is what we're, we're hearing from this budget message right now. Um, we're going to, you know, use this for a whole other purpose is um, it pro super problematic and, and offensive, uh, disregarding the, the process and the vote will of the voters, mind you, but also um, very, very harmful to those who are right now on the streets. Um, and we're talking about, imagine it, teenagers. We're talking about families with little babies living in their cars. I mean, these are the people that will suffer from this. Uh, one last thing I want to say is Banco Brown. Thank you. Hola, mi nombre es Irene y estoy aquí para pedir a la alcaldesa que se respete el presupuesto para las familias. Es muy importante que las familias puedan tener un hogar, puedan poner a sus hijos en una guardería para que poder trabajar y, en definitiva, poder, después de esta pandemia que ha sido muy dura, poder seguir adelante con dignidad, sobre todo, y un, una ayuda para para las familias y para los niños. Gracias. Are there any additional in-person public comments? I see none, so I will move forward with taking the public comments on the phone. Moderator, can you please unmute the first caller? Hello, caller, you have two minutes. Uh, yeah, let me see if we can get this caller. Moderator, can we get the first caller? I see that you've unmuted this person. If this caller does not respond, uh, please move to the next speaker, please. I'm sorry, we don't hear this caller. Hello? Yes, sorry about that. Me? Yes, yes, we hear you now. Thank you. Okay, hi. This is Kristen Evans, Commissioner on the Homeless Oversight Commission. We uh, unfortunately didn't have a properly noticed meeting this month and weren't able to take a vote um, on, uh, after a presentation um, from the department on this proposed reallocation. I have uh, significant concerns which I voiced in our, our hearing, um, and I know that other commissioners uh, shared those uh, concerns as well. Uh, but shelter ultimately is actually more expensive than housing in the long run, and we have to really prioritize the limited dollars that we have. Um, Prop C was envisioned to go upstream and end homo chronic homelessness. And we need to prioritize the resources we spend for our families and youth because we know that homeless children that experience homelessness for six months or more have significant lifelong impacts. That child who's experienced homelessness is five times more likely to experience homelessness as an adult. Our goal with Prop C was to make a significant improvement in uh, reducing the overall homelessness challenge that we've been experiencing in our city. And it's very short-sighted to uh, reprioritize money towards what is very expensive 
adult shelter. The tiny cabins are not an expensive shelter bed. Uh, they are uh, estimated to be somewhere between ninety dollars or $100,000 or more. And so it's a completely uh, short-sighted and expensive choice to uh, re reallocate those funds away from uh, the, the bucket and the intent that we had. I'll just further say that as somebody that was a proponent for Propsy, we also made a commitment to the voters about how we were going to spend Propsy funds. And I'm not wild about a precedent of um, explaining to voters why the funds were spent differently than the way that they intended. Thanks so much. Thank you. At this time, we'll take the in-person public commenter. Hola, muy buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Juanita y este de la comunidad latina y este pues yo vine entonces para pedirles igual que dejen los fondos como están porque los niños lo necesitan aparte de las escuelas, los programas. Aquí la economía es muy cara y aparte los trabajos Prácticamente solo uno está trabajando para pagar la renta, la renta es muy cara. Y, es, y si lo, nosotros no tenemos esos fondos, ¿a, ¿a dónde vamos a dejar a los niños? ¿Cómo los vamos a estar dando todo el apoyo que no, ellos necesitan? El país, el futuro es, lo, es los niños ahorita que están creciendo. Para que tengan una buena educación. <risa> Que tengan todo, todo eso, este, el apoyo por la, por la economía, como les digo, este, en la calle hay muchas drogas, a este, los hombres, demasiados hombres que están en la calle, a ellos les están dando mucha más ayuda. ¿Y ellos qué futuros están dando? Eso yo no, no lo he entendido. ¿Qué futuros están dando esos hombres que están en la calle? Les están dando más ayuda en vez que les den un trabajo para que este país salga adelante. Y eso que de los programas como las guarderías, por favor. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Moderator, can we take the next phone public comment, please? Good afternoon, committee members. My name is Eliana Binger, and I'm the policy manager for GLIDE. I'm, I'm calling in against the changes to the proxy funding categories, um, shifting away funding from transitional APUs and families is short-sighted. Um, as other uh, commenters have noted, um, limiting opportunities to exit homelessness for these vulnerable populations above the long-term impact of increasing the number of chronically homeless adults. Pay and family providers are already struggling to provide services, shelter, and housing to everyone who wants and needs it. This divestment will only further exacerbate the need. Families are undercounted in the point-in-time count and are often invisibilized, couch surfing, sleeping cars, and SROs, but they are still in dire need of support. San Francisco has a history of underinvesting in youth and families, which has serious implications given the long-term damages that experience of homelessness inflict on children and young people. Homeless children are five times more likely than their peers to become homeless as adults. Homelessness among children has been linked to lower academic achievement and higher absenteeism from school. 
50% of people experiencing homelessness in San Francisco had their first episode of homelessness before they were 25. Ending homelessness for families and children prevents these young people from becoming the city's next generation of homeless adults. This is why Prop C was designed with set percentages and an emphasis on investing in children and families, and that is why OCO's original recommendations should re be respected. Thank you. Thank you. We'll take the next caller over the phone. Hi, my name is Karen Adams, and I'm in leadership at Homeless Youth Alliance. And I, uh, I also want to echo the other commenters that we oppose the mayor's reallocation of family and pay funds. To echo um, another commenter, we do not support what we feel and community members share with us of funding undignified emergency shelter solutions and cabins where pay specifically and consistently and historically report feeling unsafe. Families and youth are significantly undercounted in the pit count. They're often hidden populations experiencing homelessness and it's not that these populations and it's not that populations and providers don't have a plan and haven't made recommendations for these unspent funds. It's that these populations have not been prioritized to execute the many plans and strategies our community has been asking for for years. And this is not even to speak to the current portfolios of pay and family housing not adequately meeting the needs of the current residents and not being funded in a capacity that is beyond survival, that helps these people thrive, that helps them exit the system, that helps them live dignified lives. We want to support keeping families intact and support these allocated funds remaining in OCO so that these children do not become Tay experiencing homeless, do not become adults experiencing homelessness, and do not become further traumatized. The funds the mayor are looking for must be allocated outside of OCO. Thank you. Thank you. There are no additional public comments for this agenda item. Okay, thank you. D'Antonio. Sorry, um, point of uh, process. We had a miscommunication uh, with the mayor's office and they have actually sworn in a new member before this meeting earlier this week, um, but we did not hear about it. Um, but she is here now. Oh, great. Um, That's <laughs> and so. I have quorum when Chanel well, gets hopefully here. Hopefully if Chanel gets here. Chanel, we, we are here. Um, so yeah. I want to invite um, Bonnie Preston to come forward. She's been here, but I didn't want to okay. interrupt the commenters. Um, but uh, we, sorry for the miscommunication there. We, I didn't know. No worries. Corning. We love it. Um, we're the right. barrier. <laughs> so. Does she have a name? Yeah, I'm like. Bonnie Preston. No, no, no I'm. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know her. Uh, <laughs> Um, we don't. Okay. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm like walking into controversy. Vice Chair D'Antonio, um, I had some follow-up questions for Gigi. Is um, can we do those now? Or yeah, I think I think it's our time to okay. questions and comments. Yeah. Please make sure you're speaking the mic as well. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. was I not? It was probably me. Um, oh. So the recording can hear you. Okay. Yes. Like that would be impossible not to hear me. I have the loudest voice. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay, I noticed a few things in here that um, for, I noticed that in the 
I don't know if it's a hassle. Well, maybe you don't need to pull back up the slides, but on the chart that shows the um, the you know the columns with the the general housing summary um, that kind of um, moves for the for the families, um, I noticed that the um, family shelter line um, it was originally this is in the shelter category. Um, for the Oasis operating increased by 820K in the mayor's budget. And I'm assuming that 600K be, can be accounted for the um, Buena Vista Horace Man daytime services, but I was curious about the other 220. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, we have one more public commenter on the phone just now. Okay. Can we take that? Yeah, yeah, please. Great, thank you. Moderator, can you please unmute the caller on the phone, please? Right, but on the chart that shows the uh, hello caller, you uh, have two you minutes. Know, the with the, the general housing summary um, that kind of um, moves for the, for the family. Um, I noticed that the uh, family shelter line uh, was originally <laughs> in the shelter <laughs> category. Um, Watching back the recording. The Oasis operating. Okay, we can mute the question. We can mute this caller. Thank you. And <laughs> so um, let's see so the emergency um, yeah the emergency shelter in housing we had a increase in family shelter yes so uh, Gigi Whitley she her pronouns deputy director HSH um, so this is uh, just a typo in the roll-up this is the uh, the increase is the 600,000 um, to add um, the extended hours at Buena Vista Horace Man and the hospitality house um, shelter as well. It's rolled up into a line that says okay. family shelter. Thank you for finding our typo and we'll correct that and uh, correct it for our website. Okay. And then another question. Um was that, um, so on the PSH adult operations, it was at 15.1 uh, was the proposal you guys brought us, and then the mayor's budget is 21.3, which is a 6.1.5 million difference. Um, but then it looks like we're adding 4.25, so it looks like we got an extra couple million in there. Um, I, I think it's just the, for display purposes. So um, what you're seeing here is the mayor's overall spending plan, including uh, any carry forward fund balance. Um, the, the difference between the two, there, there's really no difference. Our, our plan showed you fund balance we're carrying forward plus the new allocation. This rolls it up into one line item. And then in the second year of the budget, that 4.2 million is the reallocated funds for an additional site. So, um, you know, I didn't highlight that change because there's no dollar for dollar change. It's for display purposes, the, the mayor's proposed column includes both the use of any carry forward funds. Um, what we showed you was just a, a more detailed breakout. Okay, I'm realizing that there's a difference between the spreadsheet Emily sent out and this one. And so that must have been an error that was corrected already. Apologies. Um, and then, um, 
Yeah, so I, I'm wondering if, um, well, I'll let the other members ask questions. I've got a couple more, but I want to kind of gather my thoughts a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yes, Member Catalano. Thank you. Um, thank you for the presentation. I think I have two questions. One is the presentations that have been shared from the department about the strategic plan really focused on this coming fiscal year being a strengthening and building year. And in, if I understand, intentionally putting off expansion of shelter capacity, certain permanent housing expanded capacity to future years, acknowledging the need to stabilize what's currently in the pipeline and, and operational. And so my first question is, what's changed mm -hmm. um, to be able to now re appropriate this budget into certain programs that are listed here, the additional rapid rehousing, the additional permanent supportive housing, additional shelter, and the Tay Bridge housing project, which at a previous meeting was sort of a capacity constraint. And second question is related to the strategic plan as well, which is what we've been, um, what has been shared with us is that there was no sort of subpopulation specific planning and that that still remains to be done to understand what the needs are Forte and families, and so how do these new budget proposals from the mayor's office, it seems like those are far preceding any subpopulation specific planning um, that could inform what the need is and what we heard from the community and from providers, which is a very different story about what the need is for family and Tay housing. So if you can speak to both those points, please. Sure, thank you for those thoughtful questions, uh, Gigi Whitley again. Um, so you're absolutely correct. The uh, strategic plan really did conceive of the first year of the plan, which would be fiscal year 23 and 24, as more of a planning capacity building and then starting to fund in fiscal year 24, 25. This plan um, is still in line with that. And so you'll see that the new rapid rehousing, the additional housing expansion are really in year two of the budget. Um, we, you know, we need much of that funding before we can implement. So that's, that's part of the logic. The second piece is that the strategic plan did call for uh, 820 additional slots of prevention to start next fiscal year. And this plan also um, addresses that to start immediately next fiscal year, where, as I said, we think our providers have capacity. We know we're, se that we're seeing people at the family, youth, and all of our access points that hopefully can be diverted from shelter, diverted from homelessness um, with this additional emergency rental assistance. So I think that was part of the logic. And then on the shelter side, you know, uh, Buena Vista Horace Mann Hospitality House, these are requests from providers where we think we can expand additional capacity without, you know, sort of additional effort by the department, the vehicular assistance program. This is already a pilot um, with the Office of um, Financial Empowerment that is otherwise going to expire. We're not really going to be able to evaluate the pilot if we don't sort of continue it. And then the cabins, um, you know, both in District 10 and the Mission Cabins um, are really a recognition of those projects were funded. Uh, the Mission Cabins acquisition was funded last year by the mayor and the, the, the board in the budget, but there was no operating funds identified. And so we're on pace to open a new site in October, but this was a departmental budget request. And this is how the mayor has chosen to fund that. 
on the D10 cabins project, again, we have shelter closing in District 10. We've had a very successful, as everyone here knows, um, Pier 94 um, trailers program that we stood up during COVID. Um, that program is winding down, although you know we've been in active conversations with the Port Commission to give us as much extension time as possible, and so really needing to replace capacity. So from the department's perspective, it very much honors the plan and the timing um, and starts to make a down payment with um, you know some one-time funds, more than some, but 60 million of one-time funds that we think we can immediately get out on the street. Um, you, you know, for the future planning, that is still very much a priority and I think that's why it's important that the revenue allocations are not permanently altered. We're still seeking additional resources from the state, and um, you know there is still room within those two family and Tay buckets in future years of the plan uh, to execute those priorities as that planning process wraps up. So it, it's trying to thread that needle and do both. As I said, in an extremely challenging budget environment, where unfortunately many departments are experiencing pretty significant reductions and our department is not. And can you just to follow up on that second question, can you, what we were hearing in public comment was some um, data, right, and, and predictions or expectations about how this could affect the total population of Tay and family homelessness. And it sounds like given the lack of that subpopulation analysis in the strategic plan, this budget, we don't have an, we don't have an estimate from the department of how that would affect the populations. Well, I would say that we, um, you know, th this funding was not yet programmed for the most part by the department. You know, we've been very conservative, hello Chair Williams, um, in knowing that there's revenue volunteer, um, volunteer excuse me, volatility. Um, and we believe and, you know, our reserves demonstrate that there is still room within Tay and family housing in fiscal year 24-25 and 25-26 to continue the momentum we've started, but that we're not in a position to sort of leave one-time funds on the table. Um, why, you know, when other needs, including, you know, prevention, not just problem solving, but also prevention services for um, Tay and families could roll out the door um, more quickly. So again, it's, I, I understand the concern and the comment. I think as the department, speaking for the department, we're very sensitive to that and want to hear the feedback from the community, but also knowing that we're in a very challenging budget environment where um, we have so far not had any cuts to programs and we still have an expansion budget, but this is a difficult budget with real trade-offs. Um. I have some comments, I guess, I, no, not really questions, um, and then I'll pass it off to other members. Um, yeah, I think like just echoing what um, we've heard today, historically families and youth have received way less funding. I think we're doing a lot better now. Um, I think historically we were at like 3% for families before this. Um, We've seen a huge reduction in youth homelessness due to this. 46% was what we heard in our last meeting. Um, so 
personally, I oppose the changes. There's some things that I think are interesting, and I would be interested in looking at them for the falling budget year. Um, but for now, like I personally oppose this. But um, are there any other members that have comments or? Oh, yeah, I would like to comment on yeah, and just second the comments of the other uh, members who've spoken and and a lot of what we heard from community, everything really. Um, we have a situation where we have a lack of parity um, between families, youth, and single adults. Um, we have about 20% of our homeless population is transitional age youth. And in this year's budget, about 7% of the budget, it's going up to 8% next year, um, about 9% for families next year, um, and um, they make up about 27% of the homeless population. And I arrived at that number by looking at a real count of homelessness, not the point in time count, which as we all know, does not count families. It only counts families in shelters because families are hidden. Um, but they do show up at the doorsteps of providers. They show up at our public schools. Um, they show up um, at family resource centers. Um, they're living in cars, they're living in RVs, as you heard from a lot of the people who spoke today. They're living on the streets. They're afraid of getting their kids snatched by CPS, so they stay hidden. That's what they do. And um, what we're trying to do, what we were trying to do with Prop C is to have on the new dollars some parity. That doesn't make up for the lack of parity in the existing system. We still are going to be way off kilter. And what we do know, what we know from science is, is that when kids and youth, when their brains aren't fully developed, are experiencing these traumatic events, it affects them for the rest of their lives. It does permanent damage. So the very least we can do is have some parity in our system. And I really don't appreciate the pitting of the populations against each other. We have a $14 billion city budget. We have a administration completely unwilling to spend on homelessness outside of state funds and Prop C funds. That's not okay. This is the number one issue in San Francisco. There's a lot of other stuff that's already been spent. We just had a massive expansion of street cleaning, massive, that pulled out of the reserves. Okay, I love clean streets. I hate seeing trash on the streets. Are human beings more important? I would say they are. I would say they are. So, you know, that, that piece, um, and also in terms of money left on the table, I want to say a couple comments about that. And I understand that's, that's what's the thinking from the administration. I get where they're coming from on it, um, but I have a very different perspective. Um, we, we plan with Prop C, and we expect home key funds to come in. We don't know for sure they're going to come in. But... We know, like when we're, when we're estimating the number of units we're gonna get out of housing, we, we give a range, and we can do the higher range if we get the home key, and if we don't, so it affects, um, it affects how much we can do on our acquisitions. But when the funds come back in, that loosens us up to then do more acquisitions. And if you look at the whole strategy around Prop C, it's to do every year over several years acquisitions, and then we do operating until several years down the line Prop C is going to be steady, and it's going to be paying for operating of all this expansion of capacity, right? So this represents, this represents next year one-third of the combined family and um, youth housing dollars. One-third that we're going to be taking away from those populations. And so, um, and we are leaving it on the table. Because the thing is, is that if you look at the way it's um, done, we're leaving it on the table until next year, until uh, 
not the next fiscal year, but the year after that, so year two. So we have another year to figure out the best way to use these resources. So it feels like it's more like about the press release and about that kind of stuff than about why we need to do this. This was done very last minute. We got input from thousand, you know, over a thousand people in this planning process to really carefully do a plan. And then all of a sudden, without being presented to this body, which was what the voters wanted, they wanted a people's oversight body for a real reason. They were frustrated with the, with the city's response on this issue. That's, that's our responsibility as a body to do it. So that, that there's no need on that 40 million for us to make decisions about that right now. We can move forward and then next year very carefully figure out, do we wanna go back to the Board of Supervisors and adjust those funds? Maybe, maybe we do, but maybe we don't. And um, it's just like having this like last minute thing. So I'd like to take the year two stuff just totally off the table. Um, and then um, anyway, so those are my comments. And I'd like to, um, uh, I want to hear from um, the other members first, um, but I have a couple motions in mind, and I know we have a five o'clock hard stop. I tried to be very fast. Okay, for the record, we also do have quorum. We have Chair Williams who have joined, and also we have Member Preston who has joined. Yeah, we should. Um, Would you and like I'm me sorry, to call Vice Rolling? Chair. Thank you, Vice Chair D'Antonio, for um, getting us through. Uh, and I guess we're going to call the meeting officially to order and start with roll call and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. Great. Member Catalano? Here. Member Cunningham Denning, absent. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Here. Member Friedenbach? Here. Chair Williams? Here. Member Preston? Here. And welcome to uh, Member Preston. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Um, so if it's okay, I would like to kind of add to uh, Member Friedenbach's comments. And um, thank you, Director Whitley. Um, and thank you, Director Cohen, for, um, for being here. Um, we know that the city is going through a really, really tough budget crisis right now, given everything that we have experienced with COVID-19. We can all see it, right? I mean, I grew up in the city and then going downtown and just seeing the lack of folks uh, coming back uh, to downtown. We know that we have real budgetary issues. I think for us in this body, like as it was mentioned, thinking upstream and really what we've always discussed, thinking about inflows and outflows into homelessness is something that, you know, we thoughtfully invested a lot of time and effort with, you know, with the departments, with our, um, our constituents, with uh, the listening sessions, with all of the work that we put into really crafting a, a robust strategic plan that we know is going to move the needle. I think that um, for me, the question that I have is we know there's unspent funding. We know we have a reserve. Is there a way to say, hey, we want to borrow now? Um, I do agree the year too, that we should take that off the table. But, you know, knowing that we have unspent funds in the OCO reserve, can we work together to say, hey, we can borrow during these hard times, but how do we replenish that, making sure that we keep on course with the strategic plan that we've outlined and the populations that we know need service now? Um, I don't want to, um, what is it called, rob Peter to pay Paul, right? Um, our families need the support. Our single adults need the support. Pregnant people need the support. And thinking about upstream, our um, houseless moms and, and those children that are going to be impacted for many years to come is something that I know the mayor is very interested in and has come forth in supporting looking at the data around impacts of homelessness um, while pregnant. And so we really want to continue to move the needle on the family's issue, on the issue of pregnant folks on our streets and, and our youth. And we just really feel like we want to continue to work in partnership um, and figure out how we can meet all of these needs and maybe thinking about is there a way to say, hey, we know we're in tough times right now, but we have this, this plan 
plan, we want to keep on track with that plan and not take away from any of these populations. I really would be interested in having that conversation and, and to continue our collaboration and not to feel like we're having this top-down um, sort of process where it's already been decided, we're going to the Board of Supervisors, because there is a charter, there is the will of the voters, and this is just, you know, it's, it's really not a good precedent that we want to s uh, send and a message that we want to send to the community uh, what voters believe about our political process. They believe that we're dysfunctional, and we want to show our voters different. We want to show that we can collaborate and that politics are not going to get in the way of serving San Franciscans that need it most, because all these populations need the support now. And so we can't take from one group and pick groups against each other, and we really need to stick to the plan and the careful thought and design and hundreds of hours that we put into this process. I really want to believe that we're not going to let politics get in the way of that. And this is something exactly as Member Friedenbach said, that voters were anticipating, and that's why they put this body here. So we really want to work together, and, and for all of us, we've invested a lot of time and energy over three years of hard work, listening to our community and doing this work. Um, volunteer, I might add, um, because we care and we love our community. And so can we get back to the table and really think about some creative solutions where families and children, pregnant people don't have to wait, and we don't take away from, the, from that pot, and we also look at um, other needs that we have in the single adult category and figure out uh, and work in collaboration together. So I just want to align myself with the comments of our, my colleagues and really figure out how we can work together and come back to the table and think creatively around how we pull from these funds because it, it, it's just not going to work. And everyone has a need. We all have needs. Our children have needs. Our Tay has needs. Our families have needs. And they're, they need it now. And we need to buy, acquire buildings to serve our families. We know that that is a huge need, and we were really getting towards moving that needle, so we want to stay on track. So thank you so much for all your hard work. I know this is an immensely hard, layered issue, and we're in tough budget uh, times, but we want to stay in communication and collaboration with each other and not be adversarial. So um, I'll leave it at that and open it up to any of our colleagues. Sorry for that rant. <laughs> Um, Gigi, do you know off the top of your head how much we have in our fund reserve? Is it enough to cover the 20 million that's being pulled out for next year? Uh, let me get back to you on that. Okay. I haven't Thank you. <laughs> or it's maybe controller's office question. knows? No. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. So do you want to? Okay. Well. So I think. Um, uh, I don't know if Member Preston or Member Catalano, if you have any additional thoughts or comments. I know Member Friedenbach would like to make a motion, um, and we do have quorum. And I want to uh, acknowledge that Member Preston is just joining us and probably catching up to all of these issues. Welcome. Um, you know, I just want to um, open it up if anyone has any additional questions. And yeah, again, welcome to Member Preston. But if not, um, or Member yeah, Preston. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm here to hear and. Yeah. For sure. Nothing at this time. Thank yeah. you so much, Member Preston. Um, so, uh, Member Friedenbach, the floor is yours. Yeah. So, I, um, I, I, I would like to. Um, I'd like to make a, a series of motions. Um, the, I'd like to make a general motion that we vote on, that um, uh, first that um, this that the funding for housing for families and youth is not reduced and that um, we encourage um, the mayor's office to go back and find um, alternative general fund sources um, for uh, the list of items that we're going to pull from 
Um, yeah. All right, so that's been moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second? Second. Okay, so um, do we have public comment? No public comment? No. We took public okay. comment earlier. We did it. Okay, so we'll just take roll. Thank you. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham Denning? Absent. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Sorry, just needed clarification. Well, yeah. oh. <laughs> um, and uh, just to restate the motion, the motion is not to reduce um, from the family and youth category, no reductions, and to- You called uh, my name, didn't you, Mary? And to look, yes, and to look at other uh, sources for the funding. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. for Vice Chair D'Antonio, Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. Member Preston? Yes. Um, okay. So the other, um, let's see. So the, well, should I still go through this or just stop after the motion? So for the record, the motion has passed. Yeah. Places. Okay. Um, okay. So um, I'd like to also move that um, the item that was for uh, 350 adult rapid rehousing, um, that we move that over to um, youth flex pool and family flex pool um, in year one. Um, and this is, um, this is to ensure that there's ongoing housing for those populations. Are we going to do one at a time, or do we? Well, if we, hmm, I mean, I'd, maybe we could have just like a quick discussion. I think um, because we're we're generally already we're saying we don't want the funds to yeah. move, um, and so I think basically maybe I'll change the motions and say that um, uh, we don't want funding taken out of housing, um, and these are some things that we could do with the money instead. And so, um, and so, yeah. And so, the first item I have is um, for um, three point four million dollars to be able to move that to flex housing pool for youth and families. Um, um, for um, uh, homeless prevention um, dollars to move to youth shallow subsidy. Um, the eight point one million. Um, for the nine, um, the nine hundred and sixty thousand in problem solving for Latinx youth, um, I move that that gets carved out of the problem solving for youth that the mayor added back in um, for four point five, the four point five million dollar that was added back in by the mayor um, to pull carve out nine hundred and sixty thousand of that for problem solving for Lat Latino youth, um, uh, to. Um, for the shelter category, um, for each of those, um, uh, to really strongly encourage the mayor to um, find general fund dollars to do that. Yeah. Okay. So it's been moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second? I'd like to just be a little clear on the motion. If I yeah. understood, there were sort of these are examples of these are potential. examples of potential things that we could use with the money um, instead of um, pulling them out of family and and youth housing, yeah. All right, is there a second? I'll second. All right, so it's been seconded by Vice Chair D'Antonio. Um, 
Any further discussion, any questions? Maybe if I can just add, I think <coughs> the examples that were provided are helpful. And I, I don't know if we need to go back to the motion, to making the motion then, but that the, the thrust behind those, right, is maintaining the focus on permanent housing exits and, and the feedback that we've heard during public comment, during the process of developing the needs assessment, and so really drawing from those um, and making sure that kind of, is it okay to orient it more towards the process? Yeah. The, um, that being sort of one of the issues that we're seeing with this proposal from the mayor. Yeah, I accept that friendly amendment. Great. All right, do you still second, Vice Chair? Yeah, I still second, and I think um, uh, yeah. member president. I, I just um, this money. It sounded like there is need in the community and their funds, but what's so? I'd like a more. Can we have a time when we can go over, you know, why that's happening? Mm -hmm. If if there needs there and the funds are there, why aren't? Why isn't it happening? I don't know if uh, Director Whitley or Director Cohen, if you want to answer that. I, I kind of, yeah, I know we have a huge, I mean, my opinion to a member president is that we do have a large reserve. Um, so I want to wrap my head around that as well. Like, why the exchange? Um, just in the name of time, like we have one minute. Yeah, well, I know. I, I, maybe I think it should be a future. I don't, I don't, yeah. but is there a deadline for... We still are in conversation. So just really quickly, for this? we're still in conversation. Um, if, you know... Yeah. We are at one minute. Um, Director Willie, really quickly, I guess like 20 seconds, and then, and then yeah. we'll, go to, we'll go to vote. Whitley. Uh, Thank you. I, what I recommend maybe is, um, you know, I, I can come back on the 22nd and provide more information yeah. or respond through controller staff to questions, um, given the limited time now. I don't yeah. have an immediate answer. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure I... Totally followed. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, no worries. We'll, we'll follow up. We'll get. We'll follow up, and um, just we'll go to roll. Secretary Hom. If you need to. Take a yeah. To, yes, yes. Billy and D'Antonio. Yeah. So we. So are we calling roll? Yes, we are. Okay, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Member Catalano. Yes. Member Cunningham Denning. Absent Vice Chair D'Antonio. Yes. Member Friedenbach. Yes. Chair Williams. Yes. Member Preston. Yes. All right, so it's uh, unanimous, and I believe with that it is 5 o'clock, and we have a hard stop at 5. Um, I don't believe we have any other business. Future, but. The future agendas, but we can move, um, move that and table that, so we just need a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. So, so moved by Vice Chair D'Antonio, seconded by Member Friedenbach, and we'll call the roll. Member Catalano. Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning. Absent Vice Chair D'Antonio. Yes. Member Friedenbach. Yes. Chair Williams. Yes. Member Preston. So we are adjourned at 5.01 p.m. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and speaking. Thank you.